the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of holding true to the promises of God. You know, before Joshua entered the promised land, the Lord said, Be strong and courageous, right? Have faith in me because no one's going to be able to stand against you. Only be strong and courageous. And if you continue to follow In the commands that I gave your predecessor, Moses, no one's going to be able to stand against you. And in all of these promises, there was this precursor where you need only listen to the commands of God and the Lord will work those things out. Okay. And for many of you that are listening to this podcast right now, you are called to leadership You are called to do great things. Now, a lot of Christians get hung up where they're trying to establish themselves. Or maybe they have some form of authority, some kind of title or position, and they get so focused on trying to protect what they view as their ministry, protect what they view as their territory. Okay, oh, they're going to steal the sheep, or they're going to do this or that. And this insecurity leads them to create roadblocks for people, try to control influence, try to control people, control power. But look, if the Lord called you to that position, he will establish you. You shouldn't try to force your way into things. You don't need to force your way into the calling of God. When you are ready, the Lord will establish you. Okay? That's what we have to remember in all things. You need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Don't concern yourself with your own reputation. Don't concern yourself with what you want. You focus on what God wants to do, and he'll take care of those things that concern you. So the first thing we're going to be talking about today is the first wicked king of Israel, and his name was Jeroboam. But in order to talk about this, we have to talk about some of the circumstances under which Jeroboam rose to power, because God actually had a great and marvelous plan for Jeroboam, and this is often overlooked. Because what happened prior to Jeroboam becoming king over Israel, Solomon, after taking in many wives, began to worship many idols and many false gods. And this grieved the Lord immensely. And because of that, because of this great sin that Solomon, in all of his wisdom, He committed this sin against God. Because of that, the kingdom of Israel was split into two. Judah remained with Solomon, 
and his family, and the northern parts, the other tribes, were split off into Israel, right, where the capital was in Samaria. And this is why when you read throughout, um, you know, kings and through some of the prophets, sometimes Samaria and Israel are allied with Judah, and then other times they're at war with each other because they had split, the nation had split, and sometimes they were friends with each other and sometimes they weren't. So the first person who ruled as king over Israel after this split was Jeroboam. And this is how it came to be. It says in 1 Kings chapter 2, starting with verse 28, Now Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did in his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the tribes of Joseph. So Jeroboam was serving under Solomon, and he was such a good worker, that Solomon's like, well, you know what? I'm going to put him over the tribe of Joseph, and he's going to, you know, overlook them. So this was a faithful and a good worker, okay? Now it says in verse 29, About that time Jeroboam was going out of Jerusalem, and Ahijah the prophet of Shiloh met him on the way, wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in the country, and Ahijah took a hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord the God of Israel says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten tribes. But for the sake of my servant David and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe. Okay, so the Lord said, because of Solomon's sin, Solomon's going to keep one tribe. Jeroboam's going to get ten tribes. Okay. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidians, Shemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in obedience to me, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my decrees and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. Right? So what brought this division and destruction and problems upon Israel? It wasn't God who brought it about. It was Solomon and his sin and the fact that he turned away from God. When we disobey God, when we worship any kind of idol, right? we put things above God, we insist on our own way, God has to withdraw his blessing. And when we do that, you'll find yourself against God. And you'll be wondering, oh, Satan's attacking me, this is happening. When many times it's our own stubbornness, it's our own disobedience, that brings grief and destruction upon ourselves. And this is exactly what happened with Solomon. And Solomon's sin did not only affect himself, but it affected his family, his descendants, and the whole nation. The whole nation became divided because of Solomon's sin. And this is why it is especially important for those of us that are called to leadership. Because when you turn against God, you are not just affecting yourself. You are affecting all of those under your sphere of influence, whether they know it or not. And that will be on your hands. So Solomon, so God was ripping away the other tribes from Solomon because of his sin. Verse 34. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand, I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David my servant, whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees. 
You see, it wasn't because of Solomon that God brought a sense of relief. It was because of David, who, whose heart was after God, who loved the Lord, who, despite all of David's fault, right, because David messed up at some times, despite his faults, he loved the Lord and did all he could to obey the Lord. And because of that, God said, I'm not going to take Jerusalem from Solomon. It wasn't because of Solomon or his wisdom or anything he did. It was because of David. I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give you ten tribes. I'll give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, and this is the part that I want you guys to take care of, because this is what the Lord is saying to Jeroboam. However, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands, as David my servant did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Now, that's amazing. God promised Jeroboam that if he obeyed the Lord and he followed in the footsteps like David did, serving the Lord, having a heart after God, God was going to give Jeroboam a dynasty as enduring as David's. And it would be over the ten tribes rather than the one tribe that was left for Solomon. Now, that is an amazing calling. Something that would last across the generations. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. So this was the prophetic word that was given to Jeroboam. Now what happens is that Jeroboam, right, begins getting influence and Solomon wants to kill him. And so Jeroboam flees. He flees to Egypt. So afterwards, years pass, Solomon dies, and Solomon's son, Rehoboam, takes over and begins ruling as the new king. But what happens is Rehoboam is a very harsh ruler, okay? Some of the people complained about some of the forced labor, and Rehoboam says, well, you know what, you complained, so I'm going to be even harsher, right? We're going to whip you even harder, we're going to work you even harder, we're going to send more workers to force you to work even harder, okay? Well, the people didn't like that. Um, when Rehoboam sent one of his chief officers to enforce some of this forced labor, they stoned the officer to death and they began rebelling against Rehoboam. And what they said was, you know what? Why do we need to follow the house of David, right? Because they're just going to force us to work hard and treat us unfairly. So the, all the tribes left and they said, you know what? We're not going to follow King Rehoboam anymore. And the only tribe that stayed with Rehoboam was Judah, just as the Lord had prophesied. Now what happens is that as time goes on, Jeroboam returns back from Egypt and the people find out about it. And look at what happens here. It says in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 20, when all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. Isn't that amazing? Jeroboam didn't have to campaign. He didn't have to try and curry favor with people or convince people. He literally showed up 
and they established him as king. If that's not the work of God, I don't know what to tell you guys. And this is what we have to remember, is that if God called you to something, when the time comes, he will establish you. He will make it work. He will change the hearts of people. He will open doors of opportunity. You need only focus on ensuring that your heart is ready. Your heart has to be in the right place. You have to be obeying God and have faith in God. So for those of you that are obeying God, continue to persevere. Continue to obey Him. Continue to trust in Him. It's not for nothing. It's not in vain. You continue to undergo the training and preparation that the Lord has for you. Because when the time comes, the Lord will position you. Just like in the case with Joseph, Joseph, he had to go and he endured slavery, but he was faithful even as a slave. Then he had to endure being wrongfully imprisoned, but he was faithful even as a prisoner, right? And when the time came, God elevated him out of a prisoner, right? From a prisoner to now prime minister over Egypt. The Lord will do the same for those that are faithful and obey him. Right? But we have to continue to examine our heart issues. We have to obey God. Okay? So Jeroboam didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to do anything. He showed up and the people said, Hey, you, Jeroboam, you're back in town. We want you to be our king. And so in that moment, the prophecy came true. Jeroboam became king over Israel and Judah remained with the son of Solomon. But now... After Jeroboam became king, he began to sin against the Lord. And this is where all the problems began to happen. You see, in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 25, it says, Then Jeroboam fortified Shemek in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. From there he went out and built up Peniel. Now Jeroboam thought to himself, The kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David, if these people continue to go up offering sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. They will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to King Rehoboam. Right, because we have to remember, when the temple of the Lord that Solomon built was built in Jerusalem, everyone was going there to worship the Lord. And the Lord even said, come here, offer sacrifices, and worship me here. Okay? This means that Jeroboam was feeling insecure and suspicious concerning his position amongst the people. Even though God was the one who established them there. Oh man, if they keep going over to that place and offering sacrifices down in Jerusalem, eventually they're going to defect back to Rehoboam. So he was thinking, oh no, like, if I let them keep going there, it's going to be a problem for me. And again, he's thinking out of his own mind, out of his own understanding. He's operating out of fear. And unfortunately, in the church, there's many pastors that operate in this kind of spirit. And we've seen it even here at Sons of God International, where we'll host conferences in various cities, and the pastors will be suspicious. Oh, are you trying to steal the sheep from us? Are you trying to get into my territory? When guys, we're all on the same team. We all want the move of God. It's not about territory games. Okay? So, what does Jeroboam do? So he decides, okay, well, I don't want them to go down 
to Jerusalem to worship because then they might defect away from me. So it says in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 28, After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel, and the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin. The people came to worship the one at Bethel, and went as far as Dan to worship the other. Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were not Levites. And here is where the sin of Jeroboam begins. He led his entire nation into idolatry. And this is actually the beginning of the split between the Samaritans and the Jews, because this practice of, oh, you don't need to go down to Jerusalem, right? He was offering them convenience. Oh, it's too much work for you to travel there. Just stay here in Bethel. I built a new altar for you and I gave you new gods. You don't need to go all the way over there. Just stay here, right? And even in the church now, sometimes we offer convenience over what people need to hear. Oh, I'm going to feed you. Oh, I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to make you feel good, right? Just continue to tithe and continue to stay in this ministry, right? Okay, that's operating in the spirit of Jeroboam. We have to speak the word of God as the Lord gives it. But I digress. So he offered them convenience and he led all of them into idolatry. Okay, but funny enough, this is where the split between the Samaritans and the Jews began. Because so Samaria is often the city where the king of Israel was living. If you read throughout Kings and throughout, you know, some of the later prophets and stuff like that, they go to Samaria, which is in Israel. Okay, and what happened is that. When the Israelites, and Israel was destroyed, and all the Israelites were brought into captivity and all this stuff, there was a small remnant remaining in Israel, living in Samaria. And they continued to take the practices that started with Jeroboam, which is that they don't worship in Jerusalem. They worship in Bethel, and they worship in Dan. Okay? And they, you know, combine some of the pagan practices of some of the other locals in the surrounding nations. This is why when Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman, she asks him and she says, why is it that you Jews say we have to worship in Jerusalem? While we Samaritans say that, no, we can go up here to worship instead. Why is it that? She's asking Jesus because of what Jeroboam started all the way back in 1 Kings chapter 12. You see, his sin had influence all the way for hundreds and hundreds of years, all the way till the time of Jesus. But you see here, Samaritans and the Jews, they actually come from the same heritage. It's really interesting, right? So this is what Jeroboam did. He set up a new altar. He set up false gods for people to worship. And in the next chapter, this is the context in which the young prophet from Judah comes in and he prophesies against that altar, okay? And the young prophet comes in and he says, oh, altar, oh, altar, one day a king named Josiah is going to be born to the house of David and all the priests that worship these false gods are going to be killed before it and are going to be burned on you, altar. And then this is the sign you're going to be split apart. And, And Jeroboam says, you know, seize that man. And his arm shrivels up in an instant. 
And then Jeroboam has to ask the prophet to pray to the Lord to heal his hand, and it gets healed. But despite all of these things, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways. It says in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 33, Even after this, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways, but once more appointed priests for the high places from all sorts of people. Anyone who wanted to become a priest, he consecrated for the high places. This is important because the law of Moses said the priests have to be from the tribe of Levi. Verse 34, This was the sin of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and its destruction from the face of the earth. What God intended to be a blessing through Jeroboam's sin and stubbornness and disobedience became a curse that led to his own family's destruction and the destruction of Israel. It's such a sobering thought to think of what could have been if Jeroboam had obeyed God. A dynasty as everlasting as David's. And this is the kind of thing when God calls you, because we are called to rule and reign as kings and priests, where he is giving us dominion over various nations and industries. Okay, He plans to hand it to us. And when God establishes a king, he intends to establish a lasting covenant with them, okay? If they obey God, if they follow him, those were the instructions that Jeroboam was given. The prophet said to him, if you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands, as David my servant did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David and will give Israel to you. These are the kinds of covenants that the Lord makes, but it always relies on our obedience to God and our faithfulness to God, right? And many Christians, they'll take, you know, the good things they like out of a prophecy. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm anointed. Oh, I'm a healer. Oh, I'm a king. Oh, I'm in this and that. And they'll take it and they'll call themselves that and they'll speak it over them. Meanwhile, they neglect the instructions of the Lord and they do as they please. And then they get angry. Why didn't it come to pass? Why didn't it manifest? Those that have a heart after God, those that obey God, are the ones that God will establish in positions of leadership. So we have to, in this season, remember these things. And really, think of how much the heart of the Lord was grieved looking at the sin of Jeroboam. Looking at what had happened. Because he wanted to bless Jeroboam immensely. He wanted to uplift him and establish him. But Jeroboam committed this great sin against him and God had to withdraw his blessing and he brought destruction upon himself through his sin. It's such a sobering thought. God wants to bless his people. He wants to bring abundance and authority and influence. But oftentimes it's our own disobedience and stubbornness that gets in the way. So I want to encourage you in this day, take those things the Lord has instructed you to do. Focus on those things. Do not get caught up 
in trying to establish yourself. Don't get caught up in trying to defend what you perceive as your territory, what you perceive as, oh no, they're going to take this from me, or they're going to do that. That's a spirit of fear, guys. The Lord will establish you. Focus on his instructions. And you know what? And also love on the Lord. Focus on loving God and having a heart after God. Because remember, why was it that God called David? Well, you can read all through the Psalms. Psalm after Psalm after Psalm where David's writing about the goodness of God, the love of God, the glory and splendor of the Lord. He was somebody who was spending time alone in the secret place, spending time with the Lord and marveling at the goodness of God. That's the kind of heart that David had. And that's why God called David. And that's the kind of hope that God had for Jeroboam. And you know what? He's hoping that there would just be some people in the body of Christ that would also have that heart, that really have a heart after God and want to serve and honor Him. So I want to encourage all of you, let us all be that generation that'll do it. Let us be a generation that will have a heart after God and will love Him, will obey Him, and will faithfully serve Him in all that we do. But you know, I'm out of time, so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.